This episode is brought to you by Sparkling Ice. If you're on the hunt for show-stopping flavor for your thirst, skip the blah and grab a Sparkling Ice. With over 17 original flavors made with zero sugar, vitamins, and antioxidants, Sparkling Ice is the anything-but-subtle bottle of tasty goodness all in on bold flavor that you can taste. You can find Sparkling Ice just about wherever your thirst hits, from online to grocery stores, bodegas, and convenience stores. Hello and welcome back to ATN Betches. I'm Sammy. And I'm Aileen. And this is our weekly succession recap. Uh, if it is to be said, so it be so it is. Are you all right? We are back to talk about episode eight, which was titled America Decides. Obviously meant as an ironic caption. Would you say? <laughs> right, because America does is the last to decide. <laughs> no, really, Kendall decided in a moment of resentment and rage. Mm-hmm. Everyone just <laughs> As well. They're all no. Everybody had emotional decisions. I I'm I'm excited. I'm really excited to get into it. Yeah. This episode to me felt like I felt the most like it was the day after. Every other episode to me is like ah, oh, I can't really tell that the timeline is day by day. Mm-hmm. But this one I felt like okay, there was only a night before. Like because maybe they talked about they. They kind of brought things in from there, specifically with Tom and Shiv. But right. I felt that, and I kind of want to like go over with what everybody was going into the episode with before we like discuss all the things. Totally. I also think this was the first episode of the season, excluding the one where Logan died, that they weren't like traveling between. So maybe mm. that is what made yeah between locations. So maybe that is what made it feel like um that's true more distant because in each instance they were kind of back and forth right they're which new makes York. it feel more definitive but in this they were basically like last episode was the pre-election party and this episode is election night so the only thing we don't see is kind of the day in between mm-hmm. not a lot of i voted stickers so <laughs> not many wouldn't say that they were necessarily at their polling place but you never know the irony of that um okay so let's do the shareholder earnings report how many way stars are you giving episode eight? Um, I'm giving it 4.25. So we're getting into the quarter points really heavy. I was <laughs> – okay, yes. What What is your – why did you give it a 4.25? I gave it a 4.25 because it was fast-paced and it reminded me of like, like West Wing newsroom, but newsroom like so much better than newsroom could ever be because the characters I actually like love – in like in, in succession versus like newsroom. That's dark. That's really <laughs> I know. Dark. <laughs> I don't like love them because like I want to be like them. I love them because they're the worst, you know, because I've been watching them for four years. Newsroom is only what, like fascist, two seasons. Naturally. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's endearing. It, it, it hit close to home. Yeah. So um, I just loved that. And while, yes, it wasn't like hysterical, the – because usually I would give points for being a really funny episode. I felt like the dark cloud on this episode like really came through and it, you f- really felt it. Oh, yeah. It's just – I thought it was really – it did a really good job at that. And um, while I didn't like that feeling, I felt like as a as a show, doing that so skillfully give, gives – I'm giving it points for that. Right. See, for the same reason, because of how sick it made me feel. Yeah. Also, I think my, my expectations were that they would do this a little bit funnier and more campy, a mm-hmm. little bit more like the retired janitors of, of 
Idaho or Ohio. Yeah. I thought they, they would do it a little bit more like light. And when it was really dark and unsettling, I started – I wanted – I felt more negatively towards that. And so I wanted to give it a lower rating. Okay. I was really between 3.5 and a 3. But I felt that I was being a little too generous at 3.5. But if you're saying we're doing two fives <laughs> regularly, I could do 3.25, which is what I initially really wanted to give it. Because I don't know. I guess I'm not saying this because of the quality of the episode as much as it just made me feel icky. And yeah. I know I agree with the icky feeling, but well, I, I'm, my I'm icky like, feeling is earning it a 3.25. Yeah. <laughs> so. Right. No, I agree that it, it was like quite icky. Like the Mencken speech at the end was like ooh. horrifying. And just the way in which, in which Roman like operated this whole episode was icky. All of like the insults thrown at Shiv um, while you also know that she's pregnant <laughs> is is rough. I think there was just a lot of ick. But at the same time, though, like these three, like they're, they're assholes. They're all like just fighting for their own self-interest. None of them actually give a fuck about the country. And in, I, I happened to listen to the Succession podcast this morning because I was driving to a doctor's appointment. And um, they had Jesse Armstrong on and they talked about like characters who have self-interest aligned with like where what they're choosing, like the things that they're doing. Like Shiv and and um, Roman, like both of what they wanted, like personally aligned with their like political views. So like it was really easy for them to just sort of be pretty clear-headed. Whereas Kendall was in between. It, he was torn. And it was just like really interesting to watch that whole dynamic. But I think that they're all assholes still. And it wasn't really about the country. It was just about like their own self-interest. So while I felt icky for like, you know, America deciding, <laughs> I like still thought that it's just another episode <laughs> of the same fucking show. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, it is also fictional. It's but just another I day think, for them. It just, right. and, and like Roman said, they just, all they did was make an, just good TV. A night of good TV. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's also a part of why I felt so unsettled that, you know, you could have a situation in which these three idiots and their personal petty I issues with each other is what is going on behind the scenes. And that is just a very uncomfortable feeling because it just shows the lack of control that you have in America deciding. I do think it is interesting that Jesse Armstrong as a Brit is making this episode, especially because they their elections are totally different there. Like they don't have news outlets that call the election. They don't have an electoral college. So it's just very fascinating to see, I guess, how a writer who doesn't come from inside the system interprets it. Another thing I'm now realizing is that maybe I personally feel like in this in this episode, I'm like siding with Shiv. You know, like Roman even said, like, it's only spicy because if your team wins, my team will shoot your team. So I wonder if I sort of feel myself as like a proxy for Shiv in terms of both political beliefs, because even though she is doing this out of self-interest in this moment, her political – she was always anti-Mencken even before there was a self-interest element in this deal. Same as Roman was always for Mencken before there was something self-interested in this deal. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe I feel 
Maybe I felt personally that like I was you losing. Just, it cut <laughs> deeper. It cut deeper. I mean, I'm obviously also aligned with Shiv. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, no, like, I politically, mean, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, like I'm not a Mencanite or whatever yeah. they call them <laughs> yeah. at all. But um, yeah, I could see why you it, it hurt more when she loses. And also her defeat was pretty brutal. Because, Public like, humiliation. It was just really humiliating. But again, it wasn't that it was humiliating. I felt her more feel like she she lost rather than she lost on behalf of the country. I feel I felt like everybody in the newsroom, in the controller room, was just like, felt like the rest of America, like, holy fuck, what did, what did we do? But also, like, what's going to happen now? But I felt when she was mad, it was her. It was about her very much. Yeah, um, I think I honestly believe that it was about both because just because yeah. of how strongly she was against Megan and she did have that argument about the country and that is true and also it is a self-interested argument because at the end of the day Roman yeah. thinks he has Megan in his pocket but then Megan's acceptance speech or was pretty much about how he wants something that's less transactional like that in in a real fascist authoritarian dictatorship, like you think that you're helping install the dictator and they're gonna like help you and they're gonna scratch your back. But that only works as long as you're as that that works for. That usually is not the case in a true authoritarian country that can't the trust a dictator. Room, <laughs> yeah, you can't trust a dictator. So Roman thinks he's like grabbing control, he's number one. I also imagine that this is sort of – he probably sees the fact that Mencken wins and that he had chosen him as – and that Logan had taken his recommendation to choose him, to crown him the nominee. I think that I sort of feel like that makes Roman extra invested because he feels like this is a proxy for my dad picking me. Mm -hmm. And he is going to kind of like crown himself at the eulogy tomorrow. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. That, so, that preview into tomorrow or next week, whatever, was creepy. So creepy. It Roman so the showman creepy. lights up the sky. What did that remind you of? It reminded me of something. It reminded me of something too, almost like a creepy lullaby. Roman the showman. It almost reminded the me. The greatest showman. No, no. Like, we're. The, oh, the Joker. The Joker, yes, the Joker, yes. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like a, a murderous clown. That's what yes, I, that was in my yes. head. I'm like, who do I know that's a murderous yes, clown? Yes, <laughs> definitely the Joker. That's what it reminds me. That's of what too, it was when he like yes. talks to himself and he's like, yes, yes. We're gonna have yes. trials. Yes. Thank <laughs> you for calling it because I was like, what? Where would I know? Where would I know <laughs> a serial a killer, killer clown? And I even pictured him with like. Clown face, yes. but it goes like, who could that be? I have um, a feeling they were trying to give that vibe because yeah. there's also sort of this like there's a lot of rhyming going on. <laughs> it was good, but Roman is very eloquent, as we we know. He's good yeah. with words. He's sort of like the Candace Dillard Bassett of mm. you know this show. <laughs> I could see it. Yeah, he is. He's pretty eloquent, artful. This episode of At Betches is brought to you by FrameBridge. Around our office, we have so many colorful framed art prints and photos. It creates such a fun atmosphere and gives our space that unique Betches character. I've been a longtime user of FrameBridge because anytime I want to frame something, custom framing can be so difficult and expensive, and they don't always have the sizes you want online if you want to try to frame something yourself. So then your options are to bring something to an expensive framing store or leave it in your closet collecting dust. But FrameBridge makes it so easy and affordable to get your special 
special artwork and memories in frames, so you can spice up your space with ease. Basically everything in my house has been framed by Framebridge. We got our wedding photos done immediately by Framebridge. We've hung a gallery wall. Framebridge is truly my go-to. They make it so easy to select a frame to see how they would look online and they send you packaging so that you can send in the thing you want framed so that it won't get ruined. We all know that getting custom frames can be difficult, but Framebridge is easy and affordable to custom frame just about anything. You can easily order online at framebridge.com or visit a retail store if you need some guidance. You can either upload a digital photo for them to print or mail in an item using their free secure prepaid packaging that I mentioned. Then Framebridge custom frames your piece in their studio using the highest quality materials and ships it to your door in days for free. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or visit a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. While we're on this topic of, um, you know, kind of hypotheticals and consulting. What do you think, because this was an issue in the episode, what do you think Logan would have done in that situation? Um, well, Logan doesn't want to kill the deal, obviously. Logan wants the deal. But even going back, what would Logan do had he found out the numbers were janky? That could be considering there's so much in stock. I think that he would be doing what Kendall's doing, right, which is trying to like switch it. But what would he do in terms of the election? I don't think that even though he did choose Mencken, I don't know if he would be going so hard for Mencken. I agree. I also... I, I, I also, don't think they would have called it. I just don't think that he would have agreed to call it. I think that he... Think. Because also, Tom mentions Logan's... Um, what do he call it? Geneva Convention. Geneva Convention was like that corporate does stays stays uh, up top doesn't come down to the floor which on which the political consultants for the show said that that's also the case like you don't you don't mix you don't come down you don't kind of mingle so i think that logan would have stayed true to that yeah that was actually i mean that was exactly my what i was thinking i was thinking just like you said that he wouldn't want to kill the deal and if he did want to kill the deal he would find he would be exploring other methods like i don't think he would be as unsavvy as Kendall in his talking to the Jimenez team. And I don't think he would be faking calling them like Shiv. He would probably handle that interaction more savvily. I think that he would be obeying the whole Geneva Conventions thing. And I also don't think he would box himself into a call that's pending. Yeah. Because I, agree. I think that he would have he would know better than to do that because then he knows he's locking himself into Mencken. And regardless of he doesn't have as much investment in picking Mencken because it's not a proxy for his own love the way it is for Roman who kind of steamrolled everybody into picking him and into boxing in that call kind of like shadily. Yeah. Right. And it's not like Logan is fighting for his spot as CEO either. Whereas for the three of them, that's a major, that is like the major driver for all of right. their decisions. If any of any one of them was like sitting at the top comfortably I think that they would be less rash or like less just intense and would think a little bit more clearly. But there's, they're all dealing with a grief for them for to some degree, and they're dealing with competition and like, I guess, proving themselves to themselves or to their dead dad. Yeah. So, but that, that's this is a good segue to talk again, talk about what like is everybody's motivation into th in this episode because I just – because Roman specifically was very – he's usually like kind of on the border. It's almost like Kendall and Roman switched. 
Kendall's usually pretty like go go go, and he you don't really see him thinking for a while for a whole episode, <laughs> and you really rarely see Roman so gung ho with one very clear sight in mind, um, with one goal. So I thought that was interesting, and Shiv completely unstable in this episode. I think there's a lot to discuss about like what what were they going through like when they walked into ATN this that afternoon or that evening. So the last thing that the last major thing that happened was Shiv and Tom's big fight on the balcony. So between them, so two. between them too. So Tom is lying awake, marital strife, marital strife. He is in a place where he just wants to do a good job. He knows that his job is on the line. His relationships are shaky. He knows that his that he doesn't he have Sid. Do, he doesn't have Sid. He doesn't really know what he's doing. He needs to do gangbusters numbers <laughs> and not fuck up the election. Essentially, I, I heard I heard people wear adult diapers sometimes. Is that <laughs> true? Because I think there's always time for the bathroom. <laughs> Bad shoes. <laughs> Sid always wore like padded. Oh, I have padded that as shoes. a quote. Pam goes, "Woof, dress shoes on election night." Sid used to wear these padded socks, and Tom goes, "Probably because she couldn't get her cloven hooves into regular shoes." I'm perfectly comfortable. Pam, I've got good arches. They've been remarked upon. <laughs> that was really funny from Tom. Was, I, I laughed out loud when he said cloven hooves. I because you like picture them. <laughs> yeah, I also laughed when he said they've been remarked upon. <laughs> they've been remarked upon. I know. So he's feeling attacked at all sides. He even says that he's like, I have Sid going around town spitting poison about me because he basically like Shiv offered her up as. You know, mm-hmm. they called it a sacrificial lamb in the Succession podcast. Mm-hmm. Then you have, you know, he's actually competing in terms of like the news. You know, it's act. I thought it was interesting how they, Kendall was saying how like social media was getting information before they were because mm-hmm. they're part of the privilege of being able to call the election, call make these calls is that they're kind of boxed in to what they say and they have to be super, you know, they can't be just like, we're hearing that. These these ballots are blah, blah, blah. Like they need to get everything very extremely verified and like locked up. And social media just moves at a faster, less reliable pace than that on election night. So mm-hmm. I thought that was an interesting dynamic. Um Kendall is Kendall basically wants to fuck Matson. He's trying to do regu- he's still on his regulatory game. So that's why he's paying attention to the election. But he also his new thing is I want to be number one. Oh, yes. And yes. I want to buy Gojo. I want to switch it. It's not just to kill the deal. It's kill the deal and buy Gojo, which is something Roman doesn't know. So now right. he's like gone off on his own. Right. They're all fucking each other, but they don't, They you know, but they're all weaponizing the fact that they're each fucking each other against each other as well. Roman too, I think feels like he has this relationship with Mencken who he's going to, he's about to make president and he wants to preserve that. And make it like his special thing. But Roman, I think the last episode was less about Roman's like feelings. It was more about him like kind of getting more shit on Matson. But the episode before that, Living Plus, it was about Roman's feelings where he kind of decides out where he doesn't want to do the Living Plus thing because Shiv sort of convinced him. And then Kendall does a good job. So he like walks out. He's p- feeling pretty kind of shoved aside second CEO bro, CE bro. But then also he he ends the episode listening to his dad basically tell him that he always fucks it up. He never gets it right. And I think that 
I felt that kind of echo a lot in like Roman's actions today or last night's in last night's episode. Like he wa- just wants to get it right and he doesn't want to fuck it up and he wants to do exactly what he thinks his dad would do. And you hear him say that over and over and over in this episode where he was like, dad did whatever he wanted. Yeah, that was actually one of my favorite lines. He goes, no, dad did whatever the fuck he wanted. With one fact, he took out a government. He did the fuck while send and that was it. That's all it took. Fucking Canada here. He didn't give a shit. <laughs> I know. I agree. I thought that, that was, was really hilarious funny. because you're like, who's Lyle? I'm like, yeah. They, they always have like good, Lyle. like sort of off, off these side character names. Like Pam is such a good name for like the person that Tom yells at. <laughs> right. Who just kind of like becomes the new Sid. Yeah. like, But she Pam. knows what she's doing also. Yeah. Right, also, right. Uh, there was a really funny aside when Connor comes into ATN and Roman's coming down the stairs and he goes, hey, Presidente. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's those really funny asides that just make the show really good. And then the last person I think to is important to mention because she's really kind of all over the place this episode is Shiv. She obviously got into that massive fight with Tom. At the same time, she's also really worried about Matson and his numbers that she's like and that also that she's about to get sort of uh, found out found out by her siblings because she thinks that she's, there's no way back from fucking them over. All valid concerns. All valid concerns and they all come to light in this episode. And it's – and all she has at the end of this episode is seemingly Madsen. But like barely because he has barely Greg now. He has Greg and he disagreed with her approach in the beginning of the episode with like – with talking about. And his numbers are bad. Like, this deal might not go through anyway. So, but that at the same time, I'm like, why do the siblings want to keep the company? Why are they so obsessed with keeping the company? They're also confused, I think, about what they want. They don't have oh, yeah. a mission or a vision, Aileen, one no. might argue. No. So they that's part of their problem. All they have is petty resentments driving Clearly. the next six hours of what's going to happen. They are quite emotional. I mean, rightfully so. Because they, the funeral is tomorrow too. They're not serious people. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I've been to therapy for many years, and whenever I have a problem that I just can't seem to wrap my head about, if I have intrusive thoughts or I have something I just like I'm avoiding, I always go to therapy because I know my therapist can help me work through the issue, come out on the other side, and just leave the session feeling like everything's going to be okay. Nothing has transformed my life quite as much as my therapy experience. I can't recommend therapy enough, and BetterHelp is a great way into it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Betches today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Betches. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
should we quickly talk about like kind of the recap of what happens? I mean, so much fucking happens. Essentially, it's election night, ATN, Tom's leading the show for the first time without Sid. All three kids are upstairs, but also downstairs going up and down (laughs) constantly. Greg is hurting them away. And it's a bit of a shit show because the person running for the Republican Party is a bit of a scary dictator, and the person running for the Democrats it starts off with an edge. But then we see that changes, and ATN has a big hand in like what they how they call the election. I thought it was interesting how they made the personal situation of the family interact with what was actually happening in the election. So even though the Republican nominee is a scary dictator, Roman and Kenzel have a personal interest in getting him elected because he has agreed that he will block the Gojo deal if he's elected. He's explicitly agreed to this. And the Jimenez campaign has not done that and probably won't do that. And they aren't really that good at asking him either because they are just, they don't know how to like wheel and deal with someone who's not going to straight up take a bribe. Now there's an issue in the election in that a group of people which we're meant to assume are Mencken supporters as the audience, they firebomb a Milwaukee election center and they lose 100,000 absentee ballots, most of which were likely for Jimenez, which is why it would be more likely that it would be Mencken supporters. Now, there's not really a lot of precedent for how you'd handle something like that. And basically, with the existing ballots that that are available, the election would go to Mencken. But because they can't count these and they're now destroyed, Roman is basically saying, screw it, let's call Wisconsin for Mencken. And ultimately, Wisconsin ends up being the deciding state. So basically, the episode shows Roman trying to strong arm everybody, Kendall, the uh, decision desk data guy into calling it for Mencken. He strong arms Tom into doing it. And ultimately, their personal arguments result in ATN calling the election for Mencken and him giving an acceptance speech. And that is how the episode ends with everyone seeing that Mencken was elected. But meanwhile, they also find out Shiv about Shiv's whole scheme because that gets out about how she's been in bed with, well, not literal bed, but with, um, with Matson. she's been fucking those brothers also not literally fucking. <laughs> she also tells Tom that she's pregnant. Those are two like really big moments, I think, in the episode. And that Greg also is starting to really warm up all of a sudden to Matson's side. And he has some leverage all of a sudden, which Tom he went out with them and did cocaine. He went out with them. <laughs> yeah, he, he did that his... at Kendall's instruction, though. Mm-hmm. That's the right. other thing. So Greg has Greg is kind of everywhere. But I just think it's really key that the personal resentments against Shiv, because she didn't want Mencken to be the winner, both for personal and business reasons, that's ultimately what wins him the the presidency. Because Kenzel is resentful that Shiv betrayed them. Mm-hmm. And then Tom basically concedes the call to them. Because he's mad at her. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, whose fault is it? It's sort of yeah. like Greg has become the new Tom in the absence of Logan. Yeah, he's no, he, but he was pegged, he was pushed down to Greg tonight. 
Right, who's yeah busted down to Greg? Yeah, that that um, was really funny. That was one of my not, that was my no, favorite scene. Not Samson. <laughs> I want um, you Gregging for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. That was really funny. That right? was my favorite scene. No, you mean your favorite scene was not the, the wasabi from the bodega sushi. Everything in, in that room, Darwin's was- eye. That was truly. That was really. I mean, it was an re- amazing moment just in general, but it was my favorite scene because when when <laughs> when Greg pours the LaCroix on his eyes, and he goes, it's lemony, it's lemony, Tom. It's screaming, not that it's lemony. lemony. It's just it's a like, hint of lemon. Only after he tastes it. <laughs> it was so, it's just a hint of lemon. That was really Everything in that room, there must have been some sort of like hilarious energy in there because everything that happened mm-hmm. in that room was gold it was so funny actual Dar- gold darwin i think also added to like the comedy of that because he's like a very serious person or his role is very serious fucking slow me it's smarts <laughs> they don't they don't disrespect him but he's sort of like doesn't know really what to do <laughs> well he's funny because he although he's going you know the kind of like mathematical route with everything and he is sort of like the trusted guy Mm-hmm. The second they waive the opportunity for him to go in front of, yeah. so he's like, I, I don't explain. want my name on this. I he's like, explain. <laughs> he's like, he's like, no, no, you could explain. Yeah, he's like, I don't want my name to go on this. But the second that Roman is like, let's let's get you on, let's get you on TV, which would actually be better because then they could blame it on him. Yeah, to explain it, you could see that he was like, okay, I could consider that. He's but like, how okay, do we make I, it clear I that it's not explain. a call, call, call? Right. How about no, a Chiron pending? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was really, really good. That was um, so – that room was blessed. We also didn't mention Connor, who's like part of this episode kind of. <laughs> and I really – he's part of my discussion point, something I, like, I really want to discuss about like what is his running for president why like what's the significance of it and then him like kind of just just to concede in this episode drop out that has to have an effect on something i'm still not like sure what it is you know it just makes an election so much more interesting when you're in it <laughs> yeah anything could happen honestly i think i think that that is i think connor's running for the election is sort of like a symbolic set piece almost you have this idiot billionaire who has no qualification. He's never done anything in his life. And he's sort of making, he's sort of pointing out all the silly little ways in which the American electoral system works. Mm -hmm. And I thought that he was going to be a spoiler. And I guess you could argue that if they actually counted all the ballots, he was a spoiler because you could say that Mencken lost. So yeah, I don't, they they brought up the Alaska thing. They brought it like the, it's in there, but I don't think that. I, also, if you do the math, I don't think it really works. That nothing happens if Connor actually wins Alaska, even if Mankin doesn't win Wisconsin. Right? I don't fucking know. Yeah, if but, Mankin. If, yeah, the, the, it all hinges on Wisconsin. Whoever wins Wisconsin, that's right. really what decides the election, regardless of if Connor wins Alaska. But I think Connor being in it was both was really like a commentary and it's fucking funny it is funny it is funny and he ends up in slovenia and then 
uh, Willa goes, I'm very torn. He's very right wing, but Vienna for lunch, Venice for dinner. And then Connor's like, and Dubrovnik for breakfast. His concession speech was a joke. He goes, I happen to be a billionaire. Sorry. It was all like, I get, I, I understand your point of view. Um, and I get that. So then my follow-up question was like, okay, fine. If that's Connor's position, like that's the point. I get it. I like it. But it also, it also wasn't just for like today's episode. It was for the plot advancement along the way. Like he needed money for his campaign. There were other pieces of it that, you know, like the fact that Roman could even ask Connor to get out of the race meant that Mencken needed him. It also provided Connor something to do for this show. Like he needed to be in the conversations with the kids he, you need that comic relief from all three of them because, like, if he wasn't running for president, you wouldn't see him ever, right? He wouldn't be doing anything. So um, I get that. That makes sense sort of, like, for the show. Plus, it was so fucking funny. Like, his wedding was on this boat while Logan dies. It's just... Right. No, no, yeah. no. That's what I'm saying is, like, maybe I'm I'm realizing that he... What else would he be doing? Like, you need... Because in previous seasons like they went to his ranch so he was in the show but like he slowly became more and more relevant and they needed him for when they were trying to acquire pgn that's where he made his best friend and well he I also just, met yeah. his advisor when he was at yeah when he PGN, was his at best the friend. pierces so it's like it came about organically yeah and that's also i think probably a commentary that like his family goes to like this this estate from the, these like old money Democrats, and he meets their like weird cousin who's a libertarian, mm-hmm. and they team up, and he actually runs in the election, right? And he has like a fan base, you know, like the conheads are real. The conheads are real. Be warned, America. Okay, but my second question is then: What is the significance of this episode of like the whole election? Oh. In like what? What does it do? I mean, I get that it drives the plot in terms of like Shiv gets found out, Roman gets his guy in, which is something that's it runs in parallel with what Logan wanted. He wants the president in his pocket because he had the pre- former president in his pocket. But what does it do for the I show? Think, I think that politics has always been sort of like the third rail of the show. Right. Like money and power and politics all go together. Logan himself even – was was. obsessed with power via the news. He Mm -hmm. wanted to buy the news stations, even though everyone was like, that is a dumb economic, dumb financial decision. He cared. He didn't care necessarily just about the dollars. He cared about driving the cultural conversation, having sway over public figures. And I think that this coming days after he died, while he's, again, his body's not even in the ground yet, I think them trying to grapple with their first post-Logan election while not even understanding why or how he did the things that he did and not respecting the way he approached things, which you can very much see, yet they're Mm -hmm. all weaponizing him as their reason for doing things, again, while not respecting the way he did things Mm -hmm. and not understanding him. I think that that was just a really important anchor Mm -hmm. for – it it it's like they needed a thing to be happening outside of the family so that it wasn't just the family fighting on and on and on about nothing. There's a real world that they're in. 
And I think that the show wants to make a point about how they affect that world. And I think yeah. there was a reason that they showed the internal ATN dynamics so explicitly this episode. And you saw how everyone's like, yeah, we're going to call it for Mankin. And they all sort of like dropped out of taking the responsibility for not calling it for him. Yeah. And that was, I think, a very telling piece of symbolism about how these types of interactions right. work. Like that conversation between Ke Kenzel and Roman when they're alone and Roman's trying to convince him and he's like, fuck it. We just like get in the big titty of America and like, you know, it's – and like well, I don't – like America is like something to be fucked. Like I don't remember exactly what he said, but I felt that that was all just very emblematic of the way certain – people, business, certain business people go about things. Like that is a political view. So I don't know. Thought it was really interesting. Yeah. Even Kendall, because Ken, Kendall's on, like Kendall's progressive. Like he would not, but he's sort of still, he's, like not, he's definitely not. No, but he, he, but he is like, he, he knows sort of how he knows what's like. Kendall's not right. progressive, but he knows better. Yeah. I mean, he's not. Kendall. Shiv calls him a good guy-ish, and I think that was like a essentially, <laughs> essentially. A good I think guy. that was a good right. I think it's more so like he he wants the right thing. He wants to think the right way, but he wants to think the right thing. But still, Kendall was really funny when he was talking about like democracy in that scene. He was like, "It's kind of nice idea, all the people together." <laughs> and, then, and then, and Roman's like, "Come on, what the fuck? You're a pussy, like something like that." Yeah, and. And it was just about, like, we'll be in the White House. Like, and w maybe the people need a little bit of frightening. Like, it just rewind us back 20 years. And it was just, yeah, I agree that conversation was really important. I was just thinking, like, in terms of just the plot, like, the th besides the commentary on, like, the purpose of the show, like, the plot. Like, okay, like, now Mankin's in their pocket, but will he actually be in their pocket? Did they make the right decision? Maybe it's, like, questioning whether they're actually good at their job. Um, are they good leaders? I think a lot, like the the biggest the biggest theme in this season is, or now without Logan, post Logan season, is like, and I think we talked about this last time is what what would Logan do? Who is most like Logan? Who is not most like Logan? And is that a good or bad thing? And I felt like that was really present. This would today. have been a good time for them to be like Logan and stay up fucking stairs and have a lawyer. First of all, that was an interesting thing. I was like, yeah, why is there no up. lawyer present to talk to them about the implications of potential liability they if they make Jerry. a call? Shiv's godmother. <laughs> right. But regardless, they, they should have a lawyer there to speak to them. Instead, they just have like Darwin who they're steamrolling and putting wasabi in his eye <laughs> by accident. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I think yeah. it was really – I thought it was very interesting. I think that the reason that they had the election is because the election was important to Logan. And it throughout all the seasons, he cared about the president, having the president in his pocket. The president was like a very imminent figure. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. 
Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There's no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So it's no big deal if you lose a button, spill something, or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BETCHES20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com, that's Newly with two U's, and enter the code BETCHES20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, Newly with two U's, and use code BETCHES20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. I'm Betch's co-founder, Aileen, and as you may know, we have been in the media game for a minute. And between meetings, podcasting, dinners, etc., I need a wardrobe that works with me, not against me. And that's why Lee is a staple in my wardrobe. I recently got this white jacket, jean jacket from Lee, and I got their button down. I must say that the quality is very, very good because when you wear a button down, it is very difficult to find one that doesn't kind of come apart. And this one is not only very soft and comfortable, like I can move my arms around, but I really, really like it. It just looks really cute. And it's like Western, Western so in right now. And then I also love the white jacket I got. It's like off white, but it has this blue stitching and it's like, I'm going to wear it over the shoulders, perhaps on my vacation. I'm just really into it. And Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. Their denim gets better with age and their classics fit into every look. Lee's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail. It's a classic. The Ryder jean jacket is the OG and what every other brand has copied for decades. Everyone is an icon in their own right and Lee makes denim so people can own their style and feel good in their clothes. Their spring collection is here, so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com, that's L-E-E dot com, that's L-E-E dot com to shop spring looks now. Shall we rate everybody? What do you think? Let's we- rate them. Let's okay. rate them. Because I still have more points to discuss, but I think we could do them after. <laughs> okay, I have more cool. questions, and like things I want to get into. Okay, let's let's chew on that barnacle meat. <laughs> Ill. <laughs> All right, no, we'll we'll do number one boy out of the will and bore on the floor. Sammy, you and I disagree, which is going to be fun. Who is your number one boy? Yeah, my number one boy. My number one boy is Gregory Greg mm. Ori Hirsch. Gregory Peggery. <laughs> yes, cousin Greg. Greg the egg. He. It's because. He has his hand everywhere in every pot right now. And then behind the scenes, like his Mm -hmm. grandpa's coming to town tomorrow, which is – could be good, you know. Kenzel and Tom are both trusting him right now. He's gregging for both of them technically. Mm -hmm. He was unafraid to knife Shiv and you could even argue that he kind of like was the catalyst for the election decision. Mm -hmm. He thinks he was just telling them to press the button. But he actually pressed the button. Like he was the one who told Kendall that Shiv mm-hmm. was in with Matson, and that is what led him to make the decision. So, Greg, Greg the egg. I see. Greg. He wasn't busted down to Greg tonight. No, I see Greg. I think he was like he was quite pivotal in this whole episode. Also, very funny. 
I he really entertained me in many ways when he like shadily not shadily gave Tom the coke. And then they both looked beyond the like board to see if anybody was watching. I like Greg for this. You know, Greg, I like you. But um, I think Roman is the number one boy of the episode because he basically got everything that he wanted and did all of the things that he thinks dad would have done. While obviously I don't agree that the outcome is the number one outcome for, you know, this fake country, that this fake succession world. But I do think Roman wins because Roman is the most clear headed. He says, I want to end the deal and I want to have the president in my pocket and I'm going to do everything in my power to win. Even and he starts off not with a leg up like Jimenez has the leg up. But he, there he's the, the polls say Jimenez and yet he still kind of wins and he really in a very nasty way. He steamrolls everybody, but he manages to convince Kendall, which messes up Shiv. And yeah, I think he's number one. And then he's also the one to sort of realize, like when Kendall's like, oh, maybe I'll call in a day. And he goes, no, like, man, today is the day. Today's the moment of maximum leverage. Yeah, even though he didn't have that many funny lines, he was he mostly had really mean lines <laughs> and intense lines. I think that he's the number one boy of this episode. Yeah, I mean, he's the one who has, you're right, at this moment, he has maximum leverage. He has the president-elect, maybe, in his pocket. He is the one who got that done. Mm -hmm. I still think lurking in the background with Roman are his potential lawsuits with Jerry and what's her name who he fired? Joy. Joy. So I don't, yeah, but I do think at this, he steamrolled his way in there this this week and he you know there's an argument that he's number one boy at the moment he, yeah he acted a little bit wild but in a very like organized way <laughs> you know so it seems the the perception as an audience member feels like he was really the most on it and it seems also that he's like sort of carving his own position as number one without saying it whereas Kendall is really saying it to everybody <laughs> like to Frank and Shiv he's sort of trying to do it for himself and it might backfire. Yeah, I think so too. Who are you putting out of the will this week? Fuck off. My out of the will is Shiv. I think that um, she screws up this episode. I, I was debating between her for her out of the will and bore on the floor. And yeah, there's some humiliating moments. But I don't think they were her fault fully with the exception of like a couple things that she really fucked up, which I thought most significantly was like her, the way in which she just did not handle the conversation with Greg so well. Like she threatens, she underestimates him completely. She like thinks she can threaten him like as if he's never been threatened in his life before. She thinks that he has just saying like, oh, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. Like what's in it for me? And she says, absolutely nothing. And he's like, okay, so like, what is the point of this conversation? And he ends up shiving Shiv. She doesn't get that he has made moves. He doesn't. She doesn't and get relation, it. built relationships. She outside she, of her. She also manages the conversation with Tom very, very poorly, and that's a point of discussion. I want to talk about Tom and Shiv's chat in the hallway because I think her the reason why she went and told him in that moment was really she just wanted to she wanted to apologize so that he would like 
go back in her favor so that he wouldn't go and listen to Kendall and Roman. But like it did not work. <laughs> I also think it was kind of like eating at her for other reasons too. I do. You re I I I don't I really didn't feel it. I, I really I don't even didn't think she knows think. the difference. I really think she it was right after like the both of them storm into the newsroom on the news floor. Roman first, then Shiv behind, and they're all like in there, and she she wants to talk to Tom to tell him basically like hear me out. Yeah. And I mean I made her my bore on the floor. (laughs) Bullshit. Bore on the floor. More because of her like stupid moves, like her poor threat to Greg. Yeah. Her first of all, the fact that she's still Gregging for Matson even though he has not promised her anything and he expressed he expressly mm-hmm. did not promise her anything like why is she so invested in him after that conversation she should be rethinking that she her fake call to Nate was oh, so bad. such a dumb way to handle that like you're, you're going to make an actual fake call and not like send a vague text to get it going and then she goes don't call uh they're busy <laughs> like when you, like <laughs> she was just such bad cover up too so bad she needed to take a, a note from Jax's book Jax Taylor's book when Stasi sends the member from season like one Stasi sends the text from Kristen's phone oh yes and, yeah. yeah and they already had chatted i think right. that she just doesn't she overplays her hand in a lot of ways there yeah. she and the, also the conversation was so brutal with Kendall when he was like, well, I just want to be honest here. And she's like, uh-huh. Yeah. She like, overestimates herself and she underestimates other people very yes. consistently. Consistent. I'm going to go back to my out of the will, which is Kendall. Okay. He His indecisiveness and his then willingness to throw the whole country and his daughter <laughs> under the bus because – he is momentarily mad at Shiv is one of the most consequential dumb things that Kendall has done. <laughs> I know, I know. And he throws his daughter under the bus. What about when he calls Rava and he's like, tell <laughs> so Sophie funny. who's sitting right here. It was so funny when she thinks that she's they're being followed and then like she he doesn't even think twice and like the license plate is like, yeah, that's me. And Rava's like, oh, the co- covert surveillance to show you care. <laughs> And then, and then she, he goes, I won't let the world push you. But then he like does. <laughs> right. He gets like a little mad at his sister. Logan would not have done this just because Ro- he's able to get Roman to convince him into a ton of dumb shit all the time. If you've noticed this season, Logan would not have done this. He would have taken the election calls way more seriously. He wouldn't have sounded like such a bumbling idiot when he got on the phone with Jimenez during the day, di- like in the beginning of the night. And Nothing that he does actually improves his position because he calls it for Matson and sorry, Menken, and he doesn't even have anything with Menken. He is vulnerable with Shiv about that fact. She's going to screw him on that because that's coming. And it doesn't even improve his posi- his personal position to throw it for Menken. He kind of just does it in a moment of impulsivity. Okay. It's your point, and I was also thinking about Kendall because, like, how can we not choose Kendall for one of these because he's, like, the main character, the main, main character. But I still think Kendall in this episode is sort of just looming over all the categories, and he's just waiting. He To me, he doesn't do anything to hurt or help his position in the grand scheme of all, all of what he wants to do. 
like he goes with his brother. So yeah, the deal is still going to go, go south, right? Which is his goal. His conscience comes to the, to the forefront for a moment in this episode when he thinks about his daughter for the first time in years. Um, <laughs> and like, he thinks about the country for like a moment. <laughs> Oh, it's a kind of nice. It's kind of a nice idea. All the people together, but at the end of the day, he's kind of going with what he wants to do. Yes, it's because he retaliated, but I think he was looking for a reason to go with Mankin, even though he knows he felt it was wrong because he's a good guy. But I think he wanted, he needed something to push him over to that side. I don't because he kept being like, I need. If you can get Jimenez or Nate, if somebody can say that they'll block the deal, I'll go with that. But I'm a realist and I'm just kind of going with what things, where things are going. So because he was on sort of, he didn't have a decision, he kept most of his options open. He went, but I guess, yeah, he lost because he actually said make, make the call because they could have just not made the call, but I guess it's a show. They boxed themselves in with the call, which was Roman's goal for them to do. He knew that would happen. Yeah. yeah and yeah. they, and Darwin, whatever, knew that that was not a good idea. And it wasn't a good idea because they think that they- But he could always they, blame it on Roman. They think, Kenzel thinks that he's keeping his options open, but in reality, he's just- weakening himself i think brick by brick by brick right i see it i obviously see it but i just didn't i I didn't feel convinced that he is fully out of the will yet as much as shiv shiv really really ruins her position in every in every form of leverage she had she gave up the pregnancy thing everyone knows about mattson and she loses her can- candidate. Well, not really because like the election isn't chosen yet because they didn't choose it. But it, for this episode, she I think she loses it. I don't want to say she was most humiliated because I feel really – I thought she was the most humiliated. It, it's almost like – I thought Connor was the most humiliated. I thought – I put him as bore on the floor because he pulled out like – without actually getting using his leverage like an idiot where he could have yesterday. And the the scene where he goes, if there's anywhere where you can win it, it's Kentucky. And like a minute later, Kentucky goes for Mankin. Like that was really, really funny. I just think that Connor goes so far from like having a really high position. Like you put him as winning, I think, last episode, he to, did just, the episode. to just be so insignificant for this episode. I put him – to drop down to bore on the floor. He's not my bore on the floor because Connor is still in a better position than he started the season, for example. Like Connor He's was going to Slovenia. You know what? Slovenia is some really nice beach spots. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Like he was a no on the slows, but like it was if, if Connor deserves any ambassadorship, that's one that he deserves. He's you not know, going anywhere with nukes. He's better. Nukes. Look. As the as the as the ambassador to Slovenia, he gets way more perks than he had as like than like living in Arizona in Austerlitz, just bleeding cash. Yeah. He now has like a following. He can monetize that. He can write a book. He can do all this shit. He could speak at places. The conheads are real. The conheads are real. Connor lost, but like he was never gonna win. No, he was I never know. gonna win. Honestly, Connor's Connor came out of this the best. I would say generally, like, he's married to a woman who he has a real relationship with. 
He's still really, really already rich. <laughs> he spent, he, but he spent a hundred million dollars on this he doesn't campaign. Care. Now he has earning potential he had none before. <laughs> At least he didn't need to want to need to earn a hundred million dollars. He still had the hundred million. He, no, he was spending that on like Napoleon days. Like that, <laughs> that wasn't staying. Like, he wasn't keeping that either. But, I guess. I guess. I I see both points. I you know that I have a soft spot for Kendall, so I'm. I know biased. you do. I have a hard spot for Kendall. I, I think it's because I think it's because we share a certain impulsivity and like <laughs> I think we share certain qualities, and I hate that. You know. Yeah. yeah. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Okay, shall we do the forecast and we will yes. discuss some of your outstanding questions during that? Um, yes, please. I can't wait. <laughs> okay, so what's your first question? Okay, my two questions. They're not really questions. It's things I want to discuss. Points for discussion. The things that I want to discuss were Shiv and Tom and like how is that going to affect tomorrow and the rest of the next two episodes, only two episodes. And... Now, what's the new dynamic of the siblings now that everybody has are, are very much separated-ish versus how they came into the season where they're all very t- much together? And also them finding out Shiv has been screwing them and all of that. Like I wanted to talk about those two things. Okay. What do you think about Shiv and, Shiv and Tom? I think that Shiv and Tom are on the outs now, but I think that the second the funeral begins – when these people start, you know, mingling and all getting in each other's faces and new characters come in or old characters return, I think that the dynamics are going to shatter as they are in the present moment. I think Roman's speech is going to change the dynamic. However, I don't know in what way, but I think that what ultimately happens is that Tom and Shiv will come together because they both need each other in order to rise. They can't rise separately. Tom right now is in a good position internally with the siblings because he let them make their, you know, with Kendall and Roman because he let them make their call. He had a good night at ATN and he still has Greg around helping him. Yes, he's screwed externally because now everyone's talking about how he called the election personally for a fascist. Mm-hmm. So he does sort of need Shiv to save him from being kicked out of the company or anything else. And I think that now knowing about that they share a child, he is a soft spot for that. Like he wanted mm-hmm. that. It wasn't only to tether her, even though like it kind of also was to tether her a little bit. He needs her. And he now has a real tie to her that he will, I think, emotionally give into. So right. I think they're going to – I still stand by the two of them team up and knife the siblings. Yeah. I think that they're going to be together for sure. Because also Shiv doesn't have anyone else. She has, still has Tom. She doesn't have Matson really. And no. everybody and found they want to kick them. out Matson. They want Matson out. out. And Tom, yeah, Tom doesn't isn't like positioned 
that well with the brothers because they keep saying like, oh, you want him, us to kill him? And she's like, yeah. But um, without Matson, he's, uh, but I guess Roman wants to be like the head of ATN, but he can if he wants to be the CEO. Well, here's the thing. Now that Shiv and Tom have public animosity, they can now use that to sort of screw everyone else up. I guess we'll see. But I agree that the baby changes everything. And I just want them to have a fucking conversation about it. Like, that's real. Like, I just need to see how that happens. I'm sure we'll see that after the funeral or maybe before. We'll see. I cannot believe there's only two episodes. I think Shiv is going to use Kendall's vulnerability against him about the fact that he was worried that Mencken was not his guy. I think he's going to – she's going to – Why? Like to 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 who to Roman? I don't know. Yeah, I don't really get why that would matter because he if he if it's like to Roman because that's the only person who cares that he's deciding he really wants it only to be him. He's gonna be like, yeah, well, duh, Kendall's gonna think that. A, B, I care more that Shiv tried to screw us than that. I don't know. I think sometimes things come around. I think that conversation was more important because it's like he was just immediately betrayed by Shiv, and that's what hurt deeper. And that's yeah, why she he lied to his face. To immediate, right before calling she him a Sandoval good guy. Him. Right before calling him a good guy. Well, that's uh, why she was calling him a good guy because she knew she was fucking him and she yeah. was like, yeah. I don't know. I just think that conversation will come back, something about maybe. it. I think Roman's going to fuck the eulogy up real bad. What's going to happen with Matson? I think he's going to get sidelined by some way. I don't. I don't know if it'll be because of Mencken, I don't see why the deal wouldn't go through before he was president, even if he does end up becoming president. But I think Matson is getting sidelined between the numbers and the fact that the siblings are now all sort of on the same page that they're – they all want him out for different reasons. Once they've now figured that out. Shiv doesn't. She was like, we need to get these numbers out ASAP. We're going to fix this. She's the only one who wants the deal. She's going to realize that he's screwing with her because of Greg – and she's gonna want she's gonna want this. I think she's gonna realize that this is not good for her, and that he hasn't promised her anything. And now he has Greg on the inside, who doesn't hasn't asked for anything promised. Probably we don't know. He asks for everything all the time. Like any chance he gets, he asks. <laughs> what he's asking for is probably not as big as what she's asking for because he's, you know, he just got promoted from not getting coffee. Right, right. I don't get coffee anymore. Tom's digestive system is practically part of the Constitution tonight. Right. There was one exchange that I thought was really meaningful in the Shiv and Kendall conversation where he says, like, maybe the poison drips through Mm, Yes. when they're talking about Logan. And she says, no, no, it doesn't. And she says it in such a way where it's like she really needs to believe that it isn't going to because she is having a child. Tom just Mm -hmm. told her she shouldn't. And her mother told her last season that she shouldn't, and she is. So mm-hmm. I think she needs to really believe that it, that she can change and that she doesn't have to have all the negative parts of her parents. Mm-hmm. But So I, I thought, thought that was just I thought just that a, same. I thought the same thing during that moment when she was like so quick to say no, no, no. But maybe it does. <laughs> maybe it does drip through. A little bit, but like you could, you could, out, you could out therapy it. A lifetime, lifetime of therapy. This is a bigger really question. For them. But in terms of uh, Kendall and Roman, now that like, so they still want this deal to not happen, but who really knows what's going to happen with like, because in two days, Mencken can't like 
cut the deal, right? Like we we don't really know what's going to happen in the next two days. Almost no, Mencken can't do anything. He's not he can't the president. do anything. He's not the president exactly. So like, so maybe we're not going to get. No, we're not. We're not going to get a sense of like what's going to happen with the deal unless they fast forward for the finale. No, no, no. They're they're not fast forwarding, but I do think it's still possible that Matson could say I'm out or they right. could push him out before the end of the season. Without like I the think there's time for that. Stuff. We know the regulatory stuff is not going to like affect no, the finale. No, no, no. So that's one thing that kind of you can kind of rule out because if that is what's going to mess up the deal, it's not. Then it's not going to happen on on camera. We don't even know if Megan's going to really end up being the president. We're not going to see a lot of things on camera. Right, right, right. I really wanted to talk about the last line, Kendall's um, Kendall saying, people can't seem to – can't just seem to cut a deal. Fikret, he was talking to his driver. He's in the car. Because he, it, it came off a conversation where he called he called Rava to see if he wants to go see the kids. And he says the kids are – she says the kids are sleeping. And he goes like, okay, fine. And he's trying to negotiate with her about when he can go see the kids. And she's like – he's like, okay, fine, fine, in the morning. And then he goes, people can't just seem to cut a deal. I didn't really get that. Like, was she saying like – now I have all this power with this new fascist president, so she should be nice to me. Like, I didn't really understand. I'll be honest. I didn't totally get why he said that. What did you think? Well, in the in that moment, it was about, like, he couldn't negotiate with his wife or ex-wife. I mean, how crazy is it that she didn't want him coming over that moment when they're already terrified about the election? Right, but I don't You're think gonna- that was what it meant. I think it was about people just can't seem to cut a deal. He was trying to cut a deal with Nate. It didn't work. He, Shiv was trying to cut a deal with Matson. She was found out. The only deal that was cut was, was I guess, Mankin and Roman. And maybe it was foreshadowing for like the, the, the Gojo deal not going through. People can't just seem to cut a deal. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it was, it's had to have some significance for like Kendall's mindset. Yeah, I think maybe it'll become more clear later what that meant because I really felt very – I rarely feel so like I do not have any sense of what this is really about as I did to that line. I really have no sense of what's going to (laughs) happen. I don't know. I I feel like I have – I think I have some sense of what's going to happen. I might be totally wrong, but I'm not changing my my forecast. Right, no. But I didn't I did not really understand the significance of that line at all, to be honest. I kind of like that I don't feel so um attached to an outcome. Not even just right. like attached, right? Like just I don't feel like I'm trying to guess what's gonna happen and I just wanna be right about it because I like that that the show is a little bit unpredictable. And that's what I that's what I like about it. And so Anything could happen in these very like low stakes of life, but high stakes of succession, family, <laughs> the Roys. But I'm really, I, I'm kind of sad that there's only two episodes left, but I'm really looking forward to the next episode. And it's it's interesting how like they really don't give you anything, really anything for what's going to happen in the next episode. It was just a cut with some like scenes from the funeral, that which is not going to be the whole episode. So... It's just going to be interesting the way that it – because Mankin's there, Matson's there. Ewan's there. Shivy's crying. 
Kenny's lying. Kenny's lying. I'm very excited. Penultimate episodes are so often the best episodes. I don't want to build up my expectations so much like I did with this and how they would handle the election, but generally I do feel that penultimates. Penultimates are good. Are good, good. Exciting, exciting. So, and it's the funeral. And we were right that they would never make the funeral the finale. So we so we know the funeral is the penult. And every character is going to be there. It's going to be like the Met Gala. And it's about Logan too. And so Logan's sort of back. That'll yes. be good. Well, I'm excited, Sammy. I'm Me very, too. very excited. Me too. Never been so excited to put <laughs> a guy in the ground before. We've been waiting a long time. <laughs> Well, that is it for this week's succession recap by Betches, by us, Sammy and Aileen. Be sure to rate, review, and follow our show on Apple and Spotify or wherever you're listening now. We have episodes the next two Mondays plus Thursdays for our regular episodes where we talk about everything pop culture with Jordana. There's so much to discuss pop culture-wise, as she always says. Actually, the finale is going to be on Memorial Day. So we won't really be releasing our episode on Monday. We'll be releasing it on Tuesday because our team has off on Monday and we'll have more time to think about it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you guys are going to have to wait till Tuesday to hear our finale recap. So in the meantime, you can follow me at Sammy. And you can follow me at Aileen. And until next time, we here for you. ATM. We here for you. At Betches is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot, Rebecca Sosmacat, and Aliza Zim. Editing by Basilio Perez. Be sure to follow at Betches on Instagram and send us your emails to podcast at Betches.com. Thank you to our sponsor, Sparkling Ice. Bold, unforgettable, and a tall glass of much more than water. Sparkling Ice is the anything but subtle bottle of tasty goodness made with an anti-soda attitude and more antioxidants. With over 17 original flavors, fizzing with zero sugar, vitamins, and antioxidants, Sparkling Ice is all in on bold flavor that you can taste. Pick one up and put the ah back in your day. You can find Sparkling Ice just about wherever your thirst hits, from online to grocery stores, bodegas, and convenience stores. Betches.